Welcome back to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, uh, where we are changing society by cherishing scripture. My name is Zach Taylor, and today I'm here with Pastor uh, ba- Brad Bailey, Jeremy, and Nathan. How are y'all doing? Doing great. Good. Doing all right. Yeah, we've been uh, off for a little while. We haven't recorded in a, quite a while, uh, and I think we have a pretty good reason as to why. Uh, Nathan over here decided to have a yeah daddy little a little <laughs> one run around a little Nathan wander so uh, Nathan give us an update tell us how everything went God is good um, blessed us with a baby boy uh, eight pounds five ounces and I think he can eat his weight already so God is good <laughs> that's awesome man that's beautiful good. baby too yeah uh, so. We've had a lot of good things uh, going on here at the church. Um, I'll, I'll speak for the youth group when I say uh, this morning in Sunday school, we had uh, 16 kids uh, in our youth Sunday school, which is only up to the senior year of high school. So 16 kids packed in there. I uh, got a little tight, but uh, it's awesome to see growth and see God working. And then Pastor mm-hmm. was just in Perry this past weekend so how did everything go up there in Perry? Yeah, we had a great meeting it's a faith baptist church in perry i've been there a number of times and uh missions conference which i haven't preached a missions conference since uh one of my heroes in the ministry passed away dr stennett ballou uh, who taught me virtually everything that i know about missions just an incredible man of god and so i um you know on the way to the meeting i was really i really intended to honor brother blue talk a lot about brother blue and even use some of his uh, thoughts and his material in the missions meeting, and we did, and uh, it really, really went well. The uh, I'm actually waiting this afternoon. I hope to be hearing back from uh, the pastor there. Uh, he said he anticipates that the church is going to double their missions budget this year mm-hmm. after the conference. So a uh, great meeting, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful spirit, and God always honors the work of missions anyway. You know, so it was really good, yeah, very encouraging. Yeah, it's uh, it's always great. Uh, to hear about God working uh, not only in our church but in other churches. Uh, But now that we're back in the swing of things, back to recording some podcasts, let's uh, go ahead and try, hopefully in the next two or three episodes probably, to finish up the book of James. Uh, We've already been talking about some ideas as what's to come, Uh, but before we get to those, we have to finish this book of James. And uh, I know personally speaking that I have learned a lot uh, from the book of James uh, from these weeks of not just discussing it with you guys, but even studying it on my own uh, and trying to figure yeah, out great what book. the Bible's saying. Great book. Uh, it's really helped me. Uh, so let's go ahead uh, and dive in. We're at verse number four of chapter number five, uh, and we're going to go ahead and read down to verse number 11. So, Pastor, whenever you can, just read yeah. Chap- James chapter five, verses four through 11. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the years of the Lord of Sabaoth. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, 
lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Uh, take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. It's mm. good. It's almost like uh, this book is just, or this last chapter is just compiled the rest of the book uh, into this this one chapter. It's kind of like a review or a summary. Um, and I, I like verse 11. The Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Yeah, excellent passage. Yeah, and I think there's a change of audience here, kind of midstream in this portion of Scripture because, uh, you know, early in chapter 5, he's addressing those who uh, have exploited and have abused and uh, used their wealth to, to harm those who are poor and so on and so forth. Uh, then that's uh, actually chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And then when you get to chapter 5, verse number 7, I think he changes his audience and he starts talking to the person who has been abused, the poor person who has been extorted and exploited and hurt and harmed. And he starts all this patience talk and all of this, uh, you know, the Lord is coming talk and the Lord knows how to bring vengeance on those who do wrong. And uh, so there's there's a dual uh, audience here in this portion of scripture that we're looking at. Yeah, you can definitely see it. Verse number one, uh, the first phrase is, go to now, ye rich men. Uh, and then verse number seven, the first phrase is, be patient, therefore, brethren. Uh, so it's definitely a change of audience here, who he's talking to. Uh, but definitely a lot to digest um, and talk about in this passage. And I love, again, uh, how he goes back. It's just something he's consistently been doing throughout the whole book of James he goes back and refers to another Old Testament hero um, for these people um, yeah. when he refers to Job one of the patriarchs Is what's the meaning of pitiful there is it the same one that I'm thinking of like the bad way uh, when he, you mean in, in, when he makes the reference here to in verse uh, 11 yeah in verse number 11 yeah, when the he Lord makes is the very pitiful yeah yeah it, it just simply you know reveals that the Lord is never blind to the struggle of poverty mm. and if there's one theme that runs consistently through scripture is that the lord has a heart for the poor uh, the poor the widow the stranger the orphan so on and so forth uh, those are people that are poor because of circumstances out of their control you know there's some people that are poor because they gamble too much or they have some kind of a habit or you know they're abusing it or wasting it away on drugs and alcohol there's a lot of different causes for poverty, and, and many of them, sadly, are not legitimate. Hmm. Right. And so we don't owe uh, pity to those people because they've heaped that upon them their own selves. But those who are legitimately poor, and the most uh, legitimately poor people in the Bible, as I understand it, are those who are poor because of their faith. They lost their job because they got born again. They lost their family or an inheritance because they got born again. And, be, and so in, in that kind of a situation, the Lord is extremely um, empathetic, sympathetic, mm -hmm. and he pities those people. I think that's the context of that word in verse number 11. He says, uh, uh, count them happy which endure. Uh, you have heard of the, the patience of Job and seen the end of the Lord. And so the Lord knew of the condition of Job, and he had pity for that. And that's what he says, that the Lord is very pitiful 
and of tender mercy towards those who are legitimately poor. Yeah, and I think uh, that's a logical conclusion to come to because obviously verse uh, chapter 1, he introduces the book by uh, talking to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. So uh, to conclude that this is definitely written to Jews, and then obviously back in the time when it was written, uh, it probably was not, it's probably safe to say that it was not a popular thing uh, at that point to be a Christian. Um, and it was very common for people to lose jobs, lose uh, wealth, um, even be persecuted and killed, uh, which would then leave widows and orphans. And you could just see the devastation that this well, could have you know, brought the, in the Old Saul Testament. of Tarsus. You know, you look at Saul of Tarsus. I mean, there were there were uh, there was a, a trail of widows left in his wake when he killed preachers and Christians in the churches. You know, when he when he was under the teaching of Gamaliel, and uh, and he persecuted the church and destroyed the church. Saul of Tarsus was one of those men, and so uh, you know the church was full of widows. The church was absolutely full of these widows, and that's why there were deacons because. There were these widows, and, and a widow was accounted to be almost like a, an instantaneous hero if her husband gave his life for the faith. Mm-hmm. And so Saul of Tarsus created widows. Then there was the warfare. Then there was early and untimely deaths. There were a host of different things that created these widows. And then if something happened and that widow passed away, then you got the, the issue of orphans. So that's all legitimate poverty. And all of it is all of it is covered in this principle that God is pitiful towards that, and uh, He's setting the example for the church to be pitiful and the church to be considerate, and for the church to be generous towards those needs as well. Yeah, you can uh, see in verse number four, um, it says they have entered into the ears of the Lord of Seboah. Yeah, and mm, that's that's a scary thought. Well, those yeah. rich men who have. You know they've abused the widows, they've abused right. uh, the orphans, and they've t- taken all they can get. They've entered into the to the ears of the Lord, and yes, and judgment will come upon them. But then you have the the contrast in um, verse number seven: "Be patient, therefore, brethren." You know you just just hold on a little bit longer, endure this a little bit more because God has heard your cry. Yes, I'm. Yeah. He says I'm coming, and I'm going to bring swift judgment on the wicked. And I'll yeah. take you into my right hand and, when, and be with when you. When God called Moses in in the book of uh, Exodus, when he called Moses, uh, the first words in the conversation that he had with Moses is, I have heard the cry of my children in Egypt. And they were crying because of the taskmasters and the cruelty and the and they had been impoverished. You know, They were not living the dream that God had given them to live. And so uh, God hears the cry of the poor. And he is very, very compassionate toward that. You know, unfortunately, we've kind of abrogated the responsibility in the local church today. We've handed off this responsibility to the government to take care of the poor. But originally, it was the church's responsibility to take care of the poor, the sick, the orphan. Uh, that's all been – that's a responsibility that's been abandoned by most churches. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what what better example could he give here, though, than Job? Yeah. Uh, what better one? I mean, uh, if you remember the story of Job, uh, even towards the end, his friends started to come up to him and basically say to him, all right, what have you done to upset God so much that he would judge you like this? Right. Uh, and then even at the end of Job, uh, when it came to an end for Job, he even started to have questions. That's right. Uh, and God really takes him back to ground zero and tells him, where were you when I created all this? That's it. 
Yeah, a lot of times Christians think that they have to be able to take everything in in their brain and be very logical about everything. But if you could fit God into your three-pound brain, you wouldn't be a God worth serving. No way. No way. And the emphasis that he makes here with Job, you know, Job was in fact a very wealthy man. And, of course, he lost all of that. But that's not the point. The point here is you've heard of the patience of Job. And the patience of Job included the fact that Job never got an answer from God about why. Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? Job never knew that this was a, a warfare that was going on between God and Satan. Um, you know, and his friends didn't know that either. So his friends are, you know, they're, they're imposing all this these suggestions on Job about, you know, what did you do? How did you curse God? What did you do to cross a deadline that caused God to treat you this way? And um, and so that's why, you know, in the closing remarks here, verse number eleven, he says, "You got to remember, Job was patient when God was silent, and that's the way." Uh, those who have been made poor uh, because they've been exploited by rich people or if they have been abused or if they've been made poor because of uh, you know uh, the martyrdom of a dad or or a patriarch or even a matriarch in the family uh, he said you have to be patient because this world is not our home there's coming a day when the god of sabaoth is going to bring rational and informed judgment against those people he knows the story and he's able to He's able to bring uh, revenge. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. I think the big thing is, is it's in God's time, not yours. A lot of yeah. times we get that's where uh, patience matters most. Kind of uh, agitated because the fact that we don't think God's heard because God just hasn't answered in the time we want. It kind of goes to that fast food mentality that we have yeah. as a society: is we want uh, God to hear us and we want God to answer fast. We don't yeah. want to wait on it. We don't want to be tried. No patience. We just want the answer, and we want it fast. I think it's it's the fault of the prosperity gospel because uh, oh, preachers have preached. They've preached that you, when you get saved or you have your experience with God, then everything is just going to be daisies and roses your whole life. But I've I've heard the the word endure and you know stick with the stuff more times than than I have. You'll you'll have everything handed to you, and. That's what it is. Sometimes you just have to endure. You have to put your pants one leg on at a time, and you just stick with the stuff, and you keep pressing on. And then verse uh, 11, it says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Yep. You're, you'll be happy if you endure because yep. this. Paul said it best. If, if, if Christianity is false, we're of all men most miserable. But because it is true and we endure, we're happy. That's exactly right. Seems like the ultimate message every Christian needs then, patience. Well, hey, yeah, listen, he's, how, he many times, how many it, times do you hear Paul write in a book yep. and he says, I press towards the mark. Yep. Pressing isn't, right, when I think of pressing, I think of when I'm running uh, and you're on that last stretch and your legs are about to give out. Uh, they talk about when you run a marathon, people hit this like a mental and physical wall where your body just doesn't yeah. want to run no more and you have to push past it that's that's the idea of pressing towards the mark it's not something that's going to be easy uh it's not a cakewalk by any means it's patience right and he uses the word there in verse number 11 the patience of job but if you go back up to verse number seven i think it is yeah be patient there's the word again be patient therefore brethren of the coming of the lord behold the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it and so the metaphor that he uses there is you don't plant and reap the next day. 
you know, the husbandman knows there's going to be planting, there's going to be irrigating, there's going to be fertilizing, there's going, and then the, and then when all of that is said and done, you still have to just wait. You just have to <laughs> yeah. wait and wait and wait because it's the Lord of the harvest who gives the, you know, the ultimate fruit. And uh, so it's it's a rich passage of scripture. Uh, the poor are encouraged to be patient. Maybe that'd be a good title for this one: "The Patience of the Poor." Um, or something similar to that, possibly. But uh, uh, if you're not careful, you can get bitter. Mm-hmm. You can get very angry. You can get very bitter. You know, uh, um, J- Jeremy and I, we were uh, just t- talking to this lady the other night together, and, uh, uh, you know, she had heard a message that I preached about um, forgiveness and how the blood of Christ, you know, basically exterminates all of our sinful past and we're forgiven of everything in the past. And she didn't take that well because. Uh, she asked the question. You remember, Jeremy? You know, I, I want to know more about how God can forgive the the wicked, sinful crime of a of an abuser or someone of that nature. And I know a little bit about this woman's history, and so uh, you know, she wasn't happy that some people are going to be forgiven. And that's what he's talking about here. You can have a grudge uh, <laughs> when he says that in verse number uh, nine: "Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned." And so you can be angry. That you're in a poor condition while somebody else is not, you can have a hold a grudge towards that person, and he can he outright forthright tells us that's going to ruin the whole thing if you're not patient and don't hold a grudge. And yeah. and when you're you're witnessing to somebody, the fruits that someone is not ready is when they see themselves as righteous, yep. because the Bible says very clear there is none good but that's God. Right. Exactly and right. if you look at the world, you know, I'm better than him. And if, if God sends me to hell be, uh, for my sins, then he's unjust because I'm better than him. But that's that's not the way God sees it. God sees yeah. sin as sin, and if you're tainted with sin, then you've broken the whole law. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're not supposed to present it that way either. We're not supposed to go out there and tell them, you know, look, let me bring you to Jesus. He'll make your kids behave. He'll fill up your banking accounts. He'll cure right. all your sicknesses. That's the the health and wealth and prosperity gospel. I mean, anybody would sign on to that. Right. And when you go out and tell the world about a Jesus who might make you poor or a Jesus who you may have to die for him or, you know, take up your cross. If any man will deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, the world doesn't want to hear about that Jesus. And that's why so very few are willing to come down this road and take right. this path. Because everybody's focused on what they can get now. Exactly. When yep. there'll be more riches ever than ever when That's we exactly get to right. heaven. Very I'll, dangerous gospel. I love listening to uh, Ray Comfort witness to these people. And every time you hear someone say that they're an atheist, they will always come back to a sin problem where they, they don't want to give up their sin right. and follow Christ. They don't. They love it too much. That's right. You know, when I think of patience, I, I remember uh, uh, when I was younger, we had a garden in uh, my at my house uh, in one of the fields. And I remember all the time asking my dad, is, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Are the peas ready yet? Is it ready? Do I need to go out there and pick anything? And he's like, no, it's not ready. It takes time. We just got to water it and wait. That's right. Just got to water it and wait. And, you know, I, I think this can be applied to Christians in so many ways. You know, when you're uh, suffering, when you're going through it, just wait. Just be patient and wait. Trust God. Trust that he has a way, like Job. You know, uh, for the Christian that's discipling someone, be patient That's right. and wait. That's right. 
Yeah. Don't force a product. Don't just make something out of it just because you can. Yeah. When you're soul winning, be patient and wait. Yeah. Right? And God did the same thing with us. He was more than patient with all of us. Uh, and it's the same thing that we need to do with other believers or unbelievers. Yeah. It's just be patient. Well, if you're too early, the fruit's going to be sour. Mm. If you're too late, the fruit's going to be rotten. So there's got to be that ideal time when God is stirring the waters, metaphorically speaking, or when he's drawing that person's heart. That's when you have to be there. And uh, and so that's what we do when we go out. We pray, Lord, let me land on that doorstep where that person has been seeking the gospel. And that's where it's most effective. All right. I, I guess before we uh, we end, um, there was a question uh, the other day in the comments on how how can the Gentile church uh, just receive James and get anything from James because it is addressed to the twelve tribes, and I want to just remind of a verse that says in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek because this is the church. There is only one church, and because. You see all throughout James, you have it's talking to the brethren, the brethren. Well, it's not just talking to the Jews, but it's this is applicable across the board for for everyone that's in Christ. Well, I right. think you also have to be uh, mindful of a couple of things. You need to be mindful, first of all, of when the time it was written. Uh, this book of James was written before most of Paul's books. That's right. true. So, I mean, this was before, really. Uh, and you have to remember, even there was a time when... The gospel was kind of just centralized to the Jews for a while before it really spread out and started going places. I didn't really start going out into the other parts until it was really Paul and all of them getting That's sent right. out. Really until Paul and Barnabas parted ways. So, and then, so, I mean, then you have to ask yourself, well, if that was happening, well, then who was the majority of the Christians? Well, the majority of them were Jews. All right. So to write this book to Jews would make sense because... Yeah, no mistake. It was, it was the one... Um, and I mean, I don't want to give that just that you know, uh, the typical just and easy answer. But you have to also remember that the Bible very, very it, clearly says all ins- or all Scripture is given by inspiration, inspiration. of God. All uh, so if John, when he was going through and canonizing the New Testament, if he put his stamp of approval on it, that means it's not just meant for just the Jews or just the Gentiles, but it's meant for everyone. And That's this right. this is it's totally different than you know the. The Old Testament uh, laws that, like the dietary laws and things like that, this is this is a whole totally different genre of, of reading than that. This is a applic- application for daily walks in life and how to uh, live a righteous life. Yep, it's a journal epistle. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. Good talk, guys. Yeah, yeah. Really, really great. So we'll be back next time, and we'll hit. Uh, let's see. I think we'll pick up in verse number twelve. And uh, boy, this book is coming to a close really, really fast. Yeah. And and I can tell you, the rest of it is semi-controversial. There's a lot of discussion that can be had in the rest of this fifth chapter. So mm-hmm. I hope you guys will join us again next time. Visit the website BrandonBaptistTabernacle.com, and uh, there's so much more to our church than just. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We have Tampa Theological Institute. We have uh, youth camp. We have Sunday school classes, an active youth group. Everything is going on around here. It's so exciting what God is doing. And uh, so we hope you'll join in with us and uh, check us out online, BrandonBaptistTabernacle.com. You can get us on Facebook. You can find the podcasts on YouTube and a couple of other outlets. 
And uh, so we would be delighted to have you like and subscribe and find all the information that we have out there. Brother Taylor, why don't you close us in prayer? Sure, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Holy Father, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for uh, this message uh, about patience, uh, patience to the poor. And Lord, I pray that uh, this message will just get uh, stored in our mind that uh, when we're going through something uh, and when we just can't see an end to it, that uh, we can remember that you've already heard the cries uh, and you know what's happening and you're very aware of that and that you are already planning an answer, but it's just going to be in your time. Lord, I pray that uh, as we continue this podcast that we would continue to grow uh, and that the listener would continue to grow. Uh, Give us a great day now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.